is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. So it's really good last week to have Marcus and Leah with us. Uh, if you're with us, you would have heard they are about to move to Chemnitz in eastern Germany and to begin planting a new church there, which is really exciting. It's good to hear something of their story. And uh, if you'd like to sign up to their newsletter and stay in touch with what they're up to as a family in Chemnitz, then you can either see Steve Willoughby, who's uh, not around this morning, but normally here, or again, go to the app and the link is on there to sign up to their newsletter if you'd like to do that. So, like Naomi mentioned, uh, a couple of weeks' time, we're talking about gifts of the Holy Spirit. Actually, today is the beginning of a new little mini-series on the theme of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Now, oh, we've got all there. It's good. We like that. Now, if you follow the church calendar, you may be aware that next Sunday is Pentecost. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> One or two of you too. Fantastic. So I thought maybe at this time of year, it's a good time of year to talk about the Holy Spirit. I mean, I would argue any time of year is a good time to talk about the Holy Spirit. But particularly at this time of year, it seemed like a really good thing to uh, be talking about and actually reminding us about in terms of who the Holy Spirit is, what he does and his work in our lives. And so we're going to begin that today and we're going to follow that sort of theme over the next couple of weeks. So by me starting by saying we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, you might have an idea of where in the Bible we'll be most likely to land. Would you not? Yeah, I mean, there's, there are a few places we could go. Can, you can think, oh, actually, we're going we're to jump straight into the New Testament and talk about the, the pouring out, the coming of the Holy Spirit. We're not going to do that today. You might think, oh, maybe if, uh, if we're talking about Old Testament, there's a clue there, maybe we're going to jump to the prophet Joel, who sort of prophesied about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. No, we're not going to do that today. Or you may think, I know, I know, Graham's favourite passage in Ezekiel. We're going to be talking about rivers here. Let's really go to Ezekiel 47. No, we're not. We may come to some of those passages over coming weeks. But today we're going to go to Genesis. That surprised, didn't it? So Genesis 26, where I'd like you to turn, please. If you've got a Bible with you, or if you've got it on your phone... Genesis chapter 26 is uh, where we're going to be heading. And I'll explain to you why we're going there after I've had a drink. Some of you are thinking, oh, is that an illustration of something he's going to say? No, it's not. It's just <laughs> So a few weeks ago, on a Sunday morning here, we sang a song called Deep Cries Out. And in fact, we actually sang it again last week as well. 
Now, if you know the song, you'll know it's like a high-tempo, energetic, fun song. There are lots of movements and actions. If, you, if you're into movement and action in song, this is the song for you. And it talks about moving to the left and moving to the right. My highlight of the morning, to be honest, apart from God speaking, I'll come to that in a second. My highlight, apart from God speaking, was Tim leading us in actions and having to explain to the kids that when we went talk about going to the left, as far as you were concerned, that was that way. And so we're going to go like that, which for the kids on stage was the right. They looked very confused about that. And then talking about going to the right was the reverse and so on. But anyway, we sang this song and we danced and we celebrated. And I felt God speak to me. And I felt as we were singing the song, there were some things that God wanted to say to us as a church family. And he spoke to me from Genesis 26. We're going to read a few verses in just a moment. And I nearly brought it as like a prophetic word during the worship. I thought, oh God, are you saying something now for us? Is it to be brought right now on the back of this song? I actually felt that there was more to it that God wanted to say, more than we could perhaps just sort of shoehorn in, if you like, as a prophetic word, or even a slightly extended prophetic word. I felt, no, actually, there's more to it that God wants to say to us. And so that's what we're going to look at this morning. So can we pray, and then we'll read a few verses together. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you this morning for your goodness, your kindness, your love. And we thank you again for your word to us. Lord, we thank you for this book. It's living and active. Mm. Thank you that you speak to us from it. And God, we pray now as we look at these few verses together that once again you would speak to us. And these words would come alive to us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's good, isn't it, when God speaks to us from his word, don't you think? Yeah. I'm doing an infant school assembly tomorrow. If you're going to pray for me, pray for that. <laughs> okay. Far, far more terrifying in the life of a preacher than a Sunday morning preach is a hundred or so year one kids that I mean, we're talking to tomorrow about the Bible and talking to them about God speaking to us from it. And that's what we've talked about already this morning. So if you pray for me tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon, I would certainly appreciate that. Thank you. Anyway, Genesis 26 is where we're going because God was speaking. So let's jump in uh, at verse 12. Genesis 26, verse 12. Isaac planted crops in that land and the same year reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. The man became rich and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. He had so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines envied him. So all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the time of his father Abraham, the Philistines stopped up, filling them with earth. Then Abimelech said to Isaac, move away from us. You become too powerful, too powerful for us. So Isaac moved away from there and, in, and encamped in the valley of Greer where he settled. And Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in the time 
of his father Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died. And he gave them the same name his father had given them. Okay, we'll stop there. So we're reading here about Isaac, son of Abraham, the one that God had made some promises to, remember? That God promised to bless him and, and increase him in number. And we're reading about some wells. Now, obviously in their climate, I mean actually in any climate, access to water is critical, isn't it? I mean, you can't survive without, without water. Water was necessary for crops, it was necessary for their animals, as well as obviously for human consumption as well. If you controlled the water supply in an area, you had a degree of power over that area and the people in it. But apart from that, you just need to live, didn't you? So wells were important. It wasn't that Isaac could just go to the tap and find that, you know, Seven Trent had delivered some fresh water. To, no, no, wells were the way in which water most often was found. And so by blocking them up, the Philistines had caused problems. If you know your Bible, that's not unusual for the Philistines to cause problems for the people of God in different ways. But on this occasion, they had blocked up the wells. And so scripture tells us that Isaac opened them up again. And as well as that, he, he dug some new wells too. But we see that he, uh, he opened up the wells of, uh, of his father. And he gave them the same name that Abraham had given them. And thus we assume that he and his uh, crops and his servants, his family and so on, had access to water. That's the story. It's like it's a historical account of wells being dug, wells filled up by the enemies of God's people. Isaac opens up the wells and has access to water once again. You might go, well, that's, that's fine, Graham. What on earth are you saying with this? What is God saying to us? Why are you reading this story about some wells being dug and filled up and then open up again. Where on earth are you going? Anyone saying that? Maybe some of you are. If you spent any time in the Bible, you will know that the Holy Spirit or the presence of God is often pictured as water or more accurately a river, actually flowing water. I'm sure many of you will be familiar with the the passage in Ezekiel that talks about the river of God flowing from the temple, flowing out into the areas around the temple. You know, I love that story. I could very easily jump there. In the New Testament, we find Jesus himself in John 7 pouring water out of these large stone jars as an illustration to symbolise that the flow of the river of God, the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, that was going to be poured out. Jesus talks about those who are thirsty coming to him and drinking. And I could go there, I think I probably will go there next week. But what is God saying from this passage in Genesis? What's God saying to us 
about wells. As we say in the song that I referred to earlier, and as I know in moments, I looked at this passage in Genesis, I felt that God wanted to unblock some wells for us. That for us, both individually and also corporately as a church, God wanted to do some unblocking. Just like had to be done to these literal physical wells we read about in Genesis 26. For Isaac, these were physical wells that God's enemies had blocked up, trying to cause disruption and trouble. But for us, I felt that there were some spiritual wells in our lives that had got blocked up, maybe over time, or maybe by the enemy, or perhaps just by us over, over time as well. And I felt that there was some unblocking that God wanted to do. That there were some wells that had got clogged or blocked that God wanted to, to unblock. And so this morning, I felt that God wants to do some of that unblocking for us. It might be for you personally, for your family. I believe for some of it, it's for us corporately as a church. You know, sometimes for a well to get blocked or for a river to get clogged up, you, you don't always notice it straight away, do you? Maybe the water supply just decreases a little bit and it, it's still there, but not perhaps as much, but it, it's enough to get by with. And it's only over time you start to realise, oh, that's not like it used to be. Or maybe this water isn't fresh as it used to be. Or to use the river illustration, it isn't flowing as fast as it used to. For the wells that Isaac came across, they were totally blocked up. No water was coming from them. They'd been filled with earth. You couldn't access any water. I found for some of us here this morning, for some of you, there have been times in your Christian life where you've known significant moves of God, where you've known significant times of encounter with him, where times when you've been reading his word or maybe praying or perhaps in a corporate worship setting, God has been very close to you, perhaps more so than he feels today. Notice that I say more so than he feels today, not more so than he is today. Mm. And maybe for you, there's some wells that have got blocked up. And if that's the case, what can you do about it? And how do they get unblocked? As I was preparing for this this week and praying about it, I saw a picture in my mind of, of some wells in a field. And like as far as I could see, there was this sort of large expanse of field and wells. And by each well, there was a sign. There's like a name. And they've been called things like healing. Faith, growth, financial provision, supernatural encounter, salvation, and so on. There, there are others that names I couldn't see sort of further into the distance. Well, the trouble was, 
those wells had got blocked. They got filled up with stuff. And I felt today that God wanted to do some unblocking. So you're up for some unblocking of wells? Because mm. in, you know, in the few moments we've, we've got, I want us to, to consider this and then to make sure that we pray together. And I want to encourage you, just be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit this morning. Because I feel for some of you, God's going to be speaking to you. There's going to be that quiet nudge of the Spirit. And you're like, oh yeah, I think that's maybe got a bit blocked up in my life. I want God to do something. And if that's you this morning, I want to encourage you to, to be brave and responsive. Because I feel like God wants to do some of these things amongst us. Some years ago, I taught a whole series uh, about things that blocked the river of God, to use a slightly different picture, similar things. We don't have time to look at everything uh, in, in that this morning. That was a whole sort of four or five week series. We looked at a number of things that perhaps can cause you know, God's work in our life to get stunted or, uh, or blocked up. Things like unbelief and fear, unforgiveness, bitterness, pride, disappointments, unanswered prayer, and so the list went on. And as I reflected on that this week, I thought, actually, it's the same sort of things that can block up these wells. It's the same sort of things that can block the flow of God in our life. And if these wells are called things like healing and faith and provision and encounter and so on. Things like unbelief and fear and unforgiveness and unanswered prayer and this other list <coughs> cause problems there too. So let's just consider a few of these and see what God wants to do with us this morning. The unbelief is a, is a good one to start because I guess all of us start in a place of unbelief, don't we? Before we before we say, before we're a Christian, before we respond to God, we're in a place of unbelief. Near the Holy Spirit works in our lives, God regenerates us, changes us, and draws us to Him. It's a work of the Spirit. Even, even before you say, Oh yeah, God, I want to respond to you, God has done something in your heart. You can only do that because He's at work in your heart. So you start in this place of unbelief and then God does something in you and draws you to himself and you start to step out and trust him and believe him for things. And that's really a journey of faith, isn't it, for all of us. That's the journey that many of us have been on and are on. But the trouble is that we can stumble and find ourselves going back into a state of unbelief over specific things. And even if we would describe ourselves as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, if we're honest, we can find that there are some things in our lives that probably we're in a state of unbelief over. You might, I don't know, hear a message about healing, for example, prayer for healing, you're like, well, I'm sure I really believe that. <coughs> You might hear somebody talk about their experience of God and how God met with them powerfully in a particular moment. You're like, oh, I'm not sure you believe that. Different things that you can fall into unbelief about 
We need to be aware of it because it can be subtle. And because it's subtle, it can be deadly. And it can really block the well of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And if you leave it unchecked, unbelief can lead to cynicism. And my guess is we've all met cynical people over the years. And they're not fun to be around, are they? The danger is we can fall from unbelief into cynicism about something. And so if you recognise any of that in your life over, over any particular subject or area, I want to encourage you this morning to bring it to God and ask him to deal with it. He doesn't condemn you for it. He wants you to, he wants to lead you from it. He wants you to lead you forward. Wants you to wants to lead you out of it into a place of freedom and faith, where that well of the spirit can flow freely. I love the uh, the account that Mark tells us in Mark nine of of somebody coming to Jesus. He wants his son to be healed, and the disciples sort of give it a go. It doesn't really doesn't seem to work. They He's not healed as, as the disciples pray for him. And Jesus has been off and comes back. And um, there's some conversation between this guy and Jesus. They say, well, what do you want? You know, what's, what's happening here? There's clearly some degree of faith in this guy. He's brought his son to Jesus. Jesus talks with him. And there's clearly faith mixed with desperation. Anybody has been there? Faith and desperation. He comes to Jesus and says, if you can do anything, if you can do anything, take pity on us. If you can, says Jesus, everything is possible for him who believes. It's like we sang a little bit earlier. And then we get this famous line from the boy's father, which is this, I do believe Help me overcome my unbelief. I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. And for some of you this morning, I felt that there was that sense where you would need to pray that prayer. Like, Lord, I, I do believe. Just could you help me overcome my unbelief? I don't know what it is for you. I don't know what it is in your life that you're facing right now. I think I'm, I'm struggling to believe God for it. I'm struggling to trust Him for this. There's a there's part. There's an element of unbelief. There's an element of I'm not sure I can give this to God completely. That blocks the well of the Spirit in your life. And I feel this morning God wants to unblock it. I would encourage you to pray that prayer, just like that guy did who came to Jesus. Lord, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. We'll come back to that at the end. Another thing that can block the uh, the well of the spirit is fear. Fear. Will God provide? Will He come through? Maybe you've stepped out and you're trusting God with something, and you're thinking, "Is He going to follow through?" Is he, is, he, is he faithful? Can I trust him in this? And there's that element of fear that starts to take hold of you. 
And fear can be a huge issue in the lives of believers. You can be fearful about all sorts of things. I'm afraid God doesn't, God doesn't love me anymore. I'm afraid my, my sin is too bad and God can't forgive me. I'm afraid God won't answer my prayers. I'm, I'm scared to step out and trust God. I'm fearful of trusting him because everybody else has let me down. I'm afraid of failing. I'm afraid God won't provide. And so the list could go Anyone relate to any of those? God doesn't want you to live in a place of fear. He wants you to live in a place of faith. Philippians 4 verse 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Don't be anxious about anything. Now, I know there's a place of for godly fear of the Lord but this is not what I'm talking about here this fear that's got a hold of you <coughs> maybe it's starting to clog up the well of the spirit that what God wants to do in your life it's starting to block it up that's you this morning I believe God wants to deal with fear <coughs> unforgiveness and bitterness is another thing that can block up the well of the spirit Block up what God wants to do in your life. Scripture's really clear, isn't it, on these sort of things. We're, we're instructed to forgive one another because Jesus has forgiven us. God's forgiven us. We've received his forgiveness. So we're expected then to forgive one another. To keep short accounts. To make sure that nothing damages the body of Christ. It's so precious to Jesus. Bible makes it really clear, doesn't it? A couple of passages in Matthew, you know, if you know that somebody has got something against you, you go and sort it out. Or if you've got something against someone else, you go and sort it out. It's like either way, the onus is on you. <laughs> either scenario, it's your responsibility to seek to bring peace and to resolve and to sort it out. I want to encourage us to be quick to forgive, not allow bitterness to start growing bitterness is a strong weed that can really clog up wells it's like those weeds that start to take over your garden and then now what you sort of pull up you think, oh, is there, there just seems to be more of it we do well not to allow it any space to grow in our lives whatsoever Hebrews 12 says make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. And see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and to defile many. Maybe that's a bit of a clog of the well of the Spirit in your life. Pride will be another one. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Wants us to be humble before him. Another one would be unanswered prayer and disappointment. Maybe this is one worth pausing on for, for just a moment. Because my guess is that we can all be disappointed about things. Anybody has something in their life that 
hasn't worked out as they've hoped for. Yeah. Anyone? Is it just me? I think all of us have got things in our lives that didn't quite work out as we hoped for. Now that might have been a big thing. You know, it might have been a relationship or it might have been a, a, some sort of business transaction. It might have been a, been a massive thing in your life. It might have just been your football team didn't win on Saturday. You know, but we've all got things that somehow didn't work out as we'd hoped for. Probably most of us have got prayers that we're praying that don't yet seem to have been answered in the way that we hoped. Not that God hasn't answered at all, but maybe hasn't answered in the way that you hoped he would. <clears throat> or maybe it just feels like an unanswered prayer so far. You're praying and asking God for something, but thus far you haven't seen the answer come through. What do you do if that's you? How do you respond? If you're not careful, those things can become well blockers, can block what God wants to do in your life. Most of us go through life at such a pace we don't often have time to sit back and reflect and pause and think before the Lord and what might there be that would cause these the problems for us? We sort of, you know, push it down and pretend it doesn't exist and determine to look at it another day. And that other day often doesn't come. And before we know it, these things have started to take hold. Unanswered prayer or disappointment is something that we need to be honest about before the Lord. Sometimes we wonder, can God take your honesty? Well, he really can. We only have to read through a book of Psalms, and God was more than able to take David's honesty on many occasions. God can take you being honest and wants to help you with these things. You know, if there's unanswered prayer, that, that pain can run deep. Maybe you were praying for healing for somebody <coughs> and it didn't happen. Maybe you were praying for the salvation of a loved one and it doesn't appear to have happened yet. Maybe you're not sure if it ever did. Maybe you were praying about the healing of a particular relationship and yet it still fell apart. I want to encourage you this morning, and in a moment we're going to respond to the Lord. If you relate to any of those things, you know there's that pain of unanswered prayer. I want to encourage you this morning to bring it to the Lord. And ask him to take it and deal with it so that that well of the Spirit can flow freely once again in your life. I get that it's painful. I really do. But I want to encourage you this morning to take that pain to the Lord. Take it to the cross. Bring it to Jesus and leave it with him. Don't let the pain of unanswered prayer or disappointment be something that blocks the work of the Spirit in your life. Be honest with him. 
and allow Jesus to meet with you. You know, in Old Testament times, having unblocked, working, functional, if you like, healthy wells, which gave you clean and fresh water, was absolutely critical to your survival. If you didn't have that, if you didn't have that access to that water, you were in trouble. Doomed, you might say. You need it. You need the access to that sort of fresh water. It's a life or death situation. It really was. You had to have access to that water. But friends, I feel the same is true for us spiritually. But maybe this morning for some of you, you recognise there is some unblocking that God wants to do. And that may encourage you, there is no shame in recognising that. Actually, there's real wisdom in recognising that. And you know, if we're going to be the sort of people that have got the life of God in us, that we want to give away to others, and I'm trusting we do, then you've got the life of God in you first, haven't you? And so you want the life of God to be fresh and abundant, and life-giving. You need it for you, and you need it for those around you. And friends, we need it in us as a church. We really, really do. Water gives life. And the water of the Spirit gives life. And we need to be those who drink of it ourselves and give it away. So in a moment, I'm going to ask you whether you need to respond to any of these things. And we've we've covered a whole multitude of things this morning. It's a long list. And we haven't stopped along the way, but we are going to stop in just a moment. Shireen, would you mind to just come and play for us? Please, would that be okay? Give you a real help. And in a moment, I'm going to pray... And then I'm going to invite you to respond. This is Shireen plays for us. And in a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand. Now, I'm not going to ask you what it is particularly you're standing for, but I'm going to ask you to stand in a moment if you recognise that the well of the Spirit in your life has got blocked. And it might be blocked a bit, it might be jam-packed, wedged with earth and no water flowing. Or somewhere in between. And it might be one of the things that we've mentioned, or indeed it might be just something else, and you feel the nudge of the Spirit going, yeah, this is it. And in a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand, and then we're going to pray for you. Because I believe this morning God wants to unblock some wells. Amen? Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this story we find in Genesis 26 here. And Lord, I want to thank you that we recognise that we need your work in our lives, individually and 
corporately as a church. And this morning, Father, we want to pray and ask that you would do an unblocking work in the lives of many. But where there have been wells of the Spirit that have got clogged or blocked, Father, I want to pray for a release this morning. And I also want to pray for courage to respond to you. So Holy Spirit, would you come and be at work right now? Just in these moments, would you come and speak to us? Would we hear the, the gentle voice of the Spirit bringing that, that quiet nudge? Thank you, Lord. So this morning, you're, you recognize that this is true for you. I'm going to ask you to stand right now where you are. And then we're going to pray. You recognize that as you look at your life, you can recognize that some wells of the Spirit have got blocked, clogged up. You recognize that actually it's just got a bit stuck. This morning, I feel God wants to unblock these worlds. Thank you, Lord. I'm just going to wait a moment for you. Let's you just stay where you are. some of you this morning that this is a significant moment, even in recognising it, even in standing I just see the, the smile of the Father looking towards you and saying well done my son, well done my daughter God wants to come to you now just lift your hands where you are, I'm going to pray Father, I want to pray right now for my dear brothers and sisters, those who have responded to you. Lord, whatever it is in their lives, whatever they recognise that has been blocked, I want to pray right now for a release in Jesus' name. God, I want to ask you for fresh freedom in the Holy Spirit. Father, where there is a desire to move forward with you, Lord, I want to pray that today will be a day of unblocking in Jesus' name. Father, as things have been named and recognised today, I pray that today will be a day of release, be a day of fresh water flowing. Holy Spirit, would you come right now Right now, across this room, Lord, so we're standing in your presence, looking to you, saying, God, be at work right now, Lord. Holy Spirit, be at work. Be unblocking. Be, be setting free. Be giving fresh faith. Would there be fresh water that would be flowing from these wells of the Spirit? for those of you standing there's a there's part of this which is unblocking some existing worlds we've, 
as we've talked about this morning, the unblocking of his existing wells. And maybe you've reflected that you've seen something more of God previously than you're seeing currently, and you want more of him. God wants to unblock wells for you. But as well as that, the story goes on. We didn't read it, but the story goes on where, where Isaac, he, he, he digs some fresh wells. There's some new things ahead. And for those of you standing, I feel that God will say to you, there's some new things ahead. And it's not just a looking back, but it's also a looking forward. Because scripture's clear. He goes on, he moves on and digs another well. He digs some fresh wells. And there's some fresh water. Some new things. And I feel God will say to to some of you that there are some new things ahead. There are some new wells for you that you haven't even yet seen, let alone labelled and named. But God wants to stir your heart and your faith that there are new things ahead for you. Things you haven't yet seen that God wants to do in you and through you. So those of you standing, it's not just an unblocking of old things, though it is that. That's what you've responded to. I feel God would say to you, there are some new things he wants to do as well. So Father, I want to pray right now for my brothers and sisters who are standing before you. I pray, Lord, for release, for freedom, for fresh life in the Spirit. God, I pray for unblocking of existing worlds. And I pray for digging of new ones, digging of new wells of the Spirit. There might be new things in you, new opportunities in you, new journeys with you, new paths with you, new excitement with you. Will you do it for your glory, we ask it in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk or come along on any Sunday morning.